we are a part of that collection of two white men <laughs> doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Or does I, it? I totally helps with the topic. We're talking, talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the Gospel of Musical Theater wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Can you make the, like, <laughs> teaser text of this episode, Kathy Najimy deserves to get fucked? <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, and the rumors are true. Today's my birthday. Birthdays are weird, and I'm having, I think, a good one. I'm just busier than I am used to being on my birthday. And it's not like I'm like on set of a gigantic movie. I'm just like working on this, working on this, working on this. But I am having a lovely day. And what's even lovelier is that I'm recording this episode for you right now. I got to record with two people that I've known for literally over a decade for this episode. And that was a birthday gift in itself. Um, but honestly, I, th- I've gotten so many wishes already on social media via texto. And it's just so effing nice i everyone who listens and supports and are friends to me i just i'm really feeling the gratitude and did i have therapy on my actual birthday just by the fact that i have therapy on tuesdays yes and i did wake up in a weird headspace i'm not gonna because listen everyone listening to this right now i'm sure can relate to the fact that birthdays are There doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground, I don't think. I feel like a lot of people have pretty euphoric, like, oh my god, I was surprised by everyone from all corners of the earth. And then other people are like, I'm just debilitatingly depressed. And I I guess I am the exception, because I do feel kind of a middle ground, but I'm more leaning towards the happier side, because as you've heard me talk about in many episodes, a year ago, I was in such a dark place, and... This year, I just, I'm really excited for the future, which my therapist says, quote, you couldn't say that a year ago. And that's the truth. So I'm excited to see what is to come, but also just grateful for what I have. And really not being silly, billy, nilly about it. I'm grateful for you listening to this podcast. Um, The biggest gift you have given me is just to feel (laughs) seen, heard, 
appreciate it valued but if you want to do even more of that you can give a review or tell a friend you like this that really is has been so much fun to see uh, the listenership grow Uh, and if you are feeling compelled that patreon is really fun and there's a lot of good visual bits in this episode that you can see in a video episode and also i'm finally putting up uh some bonus stuff with my dear husband matt who does make a appearance in this episode with Hannah Solo and Ben Yar. Hannah is a TikTok star, a social media star, a performer star. I have been seeing her do live improv at UCB. She's on like the biggest, highest levels, gorgeous star teams in New York City, has traveled all around the country, and she is unbelievable. Ben Yar is so effing funny, a Twitter celebrity, some might say, and has memes, jokes, tweets for the ages. Also, one of the best singers I know. Hannah is as well. We actually get some singing in this episode, and that was honestly my main goal so if it feels forced at any point that is why uh you can follow of course ben and hannah in the the links i put in the show description follow me at eric wills and again give us that review write a little love note and i appreciate you so much on this day of my birth and so much looking forward to the excitement we're getting to in the future enjoy this app No, I need a label right now. What just happened is that we, I, I was in my mind, like, let's maybe we can start the, 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 the conversation now. And then Hannah immediately, <laughs> immediately. did an, an off the air joke that we cannot keep within, within the walls of this podcast. You're trying to get the, you're trying to get us shut down, Hannah. I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> she wants us weekly. That's what she wants. She wants press. Yeah, I'm selling this. I'm selling all this to TMZ. <laughs> Wait, what would the headline be that TMZ would run about this podcast episode, Hannah? Uh, like three, uh, like disgraced former <laughs> actors. <laughs> you would know, you would know Eric Williams from um, a couple of videos that he produced himself online. <laughs> Editor, director, writer, costume. <laughs> Don't you hate when you watch someone's short film or if you watch anything and it's like they feel the need to put every role that they did themselves on a different line? I love that. I love that. I used to do that in high school for every project I had. I mean, I'm sure I did it up until about two years ago. Yeah, key grip (laughs) Hannah Solo. (laughs) Meanwhile, she just like taped a microphone to her shirt. Although, wait, what what does a key grip do? Does anyone know? And ultimately, we don't know. And that's going in the TMZ article. <laughs> Three disgraced ex-actors don't even know what a grip is. My guess would be the holder. No, that's that, boom. Isn't that the boom. That's boom. No, but the thing he's holding is the boom. Is that not uh, oh the grip? Oh, my God. So he's, he's like the, the grip of the boom. He's the key I, I, to the castle. I thought maybe he was gripping the boom. <laughs> um, let me just establish to the listeners that this is an episode. This is a podcast called That's the Chaos Podcast. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You know where you are. I, I want to make it clear that Hannah Solo and Ben Yar on this episode. I've known these girls since I was just, God, a teenager, really. Uh, we met in college through one of the most incredible people that is on this earth. We've talked about her on this podcast before. Hanuk Lee Kime host of brews with broads hannah's uh, amazing podcast about women and beer if you're not listening it's it's so good but they're doing a live show in new york city at talaya the most amazing brewery beer spot and i swear to good god i don't like beer and i had a sip of a mm-hmm. couple and i said to myself i'm not gonna hate it actively 
which is a big deal for us. A really big deal. So, anyways, uh, Hanukkah and Bruce with Broads go to her show. I'll be there. So I'll be there too. Hi, Hello. So, wait, that'll be actually meet us in person. <laughs> we'll be doing a meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, come meet the three disgraced actors that don't know what a key grip is. Um, <laughs> Did we find out what the keep grip was, Hannah? Okay, I did find a lot of articles about it on the internet. And the key grip is the head of the grip department. They handle all support gear, including camera support, rigging, and lighting. So they they work with the gaffer and the cinematographer. I'm going to have to watch some YouTube clips later. Does that mean that Ben was wrong? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the strength with which it took you for you to admit that is beautiful. And I want to <laughs> applaud you for it. Thank you so much. Uh, so wait, listen, Hannah's coming from a rehearsal. Can you tell the the, the, the listeners what you were rehearsing for? Absolutely. Uh, my friend Eric Gerson, a wonderful composer, talented performer, has written a musical. Um, it has a very long title. He's going to kill me because I can't remember the full name of it. And my binder's in the other room. <laughs> but it is super funny. It's going to be at Caveat on October 14th. It is about the creation of the United States, but it's like a hilarious romp. And Jesus is involved, dinosaurs. It's really just sort of kooky, cuckoo, crazy. Wow. Historically accurate. Absolutely. Yeah, very historically accurate. You're looking at the performer who plays old dog dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, well, we're going to have to get to the type of character he's been playing on TikTok for sure, because that's a big passion of mine. But I want to ask is anybody watching Below Deck on Bravo? Does anybody watch this TV show? I don't. Sorry. I have watched it in the past, but it's stressful to me. Well, I bring it up right now because I just was watching it all of 20 minutes ago. And uh, there is a group of people on the boat right now that are very into Jesus. And <gasps> as a person who grew up with religion, I'm not going to be like, religion, that's hilarious. Because like I'm always being like, do this, do this. But the d- the family on this current episode, they keep saying phrases that jesus lovers say that i can't remember they're like really kind of like there's like so um genuine and um earnest is the word it's like earnest it's like they'll they'll like look off a cliff and be like he did this (gasps) (laughs) and i and like and like i again do not like the last thing i'm doing is making fun of people who follow christ what i'm doing is is just i think the earnestness that they were saying is actually it was very very sweet to me but inherently funny I'm honestly jealous a little bit because Same. like there's a sort of like awe emotion that like I don't feel or maybe maybe very very rarely feel. So I'm a little jealous of that. Well, yeah, it's like they've clearly found some connection to something that makes them feel euphoric looking at from like listen, who among us have not wanted to have that feeling and who among us have desperately been trying to get there through drugs and medication. Well, sometimes my dog will get into a position where like it seems he's defying laws of physics and geometry and there are just rolls and folds and things happening that don't seem possible. I think that's a moment for me that I sort of like... Look at what Jesus has done. <laughs> exactly. Look what he has done. Like, I'm out sort of outside my body. Oh, yeah. No, he he did this. He did this. Mm-hmm. Um, name, okay, if I'm going to say the name of a musical, you have you have to take five seconds to say the musical phrase I'm thinking of based on this conversation. The this mu- is so fun. Okay. The musical is The Color Purple. You have five seconds to think about a lyric that comes from this show. Look what be- God has done. <laughs> 
That's literally the one I was thinking of. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Hannah. That means that well, you're fuck me. Hannah. You're out. You're out, girl. Okay. It's been fun, Hannah. Wait, maybe I'm going to do that after every uh, snippet of conversation. I'm going to say, okay, I have a musical in my mind from this conversation. <laughs> this is fun. I love games. And guess what? I'm going to win next time. <laughs> Ooh, smack talk in the chat. Um, what I do want to say is what really connects us in this group is we are not only people who love Broadway, who live in New York City. We're all Jews. We all... Is that it? I'm kidding. We all... <laughs> we're all... <laughs> We, well, uh, that's our interest. <laughs> we're either all gay or loved by gays. And I think that's Thank honestly you. a huge bonding fact among about, about us here. And I just want to say I'm grateful that you are not only gay, but also loved by them. And we've really stuck it out these years, you know? Truly. I sometimes look at old women going down the stairs of Astoria, the subways in my neighborhood. And I think to myself, I'm two or two year, three years yeah, off. Like, me too, girl. Me too. I'm constantly Googling caftan. Because <laughs> that's good. I want just a loose sack of a dress. Nick and I, are, I may or may not have a caftan dress code at my wedding. So <gasps> Wait, does that mean for all of the guests or all the people in the wedding or both? I think all attendees might have to wear caftans. <gasps> There's a woman on TikTok who sells bedazzled caftans. I'll send it your okay. way. Don't worry. We'll talk. Oh, that sounds good. So wait, this is interesting because Ben, you Mazel Tov on your engagement, first of all, but Mazel. also you, oh, he's got the ring and all, but like you, because Hannah got married somewhat recently. I got married somewhat recently. Ben's getting married in the, in the near future. It's like, we're all going to be these, these married ladies. But Ben, when you are thinking about your wedding, besides the caftans, like how, what's the energy right now, especially amongst you and your gorgeous fiance? We really have not planned anything. I think the things, the sort of like staple requirements that we've already determined are it should be in probably the fall. So it's not hot because mm. we're both big sweat people. So mm-hmm. probably in the fall. Nick really loves nature and flowers and green things. And I think that will probably also be a big factor in where we decide to do it. Do you have a like, list of locations that you're interested in or are you still pretty broad or or do you have one it's still pretty broad yeah so pretty broads with brews um (laughs) (laughs) wait what did what did baby ben envision for his wedding did like i envisioned for a while like a vermont like i wanted to get married in uh, burlington by lake champlain i just like i was like i want to be surrounded by lesbians and ice cream like that's literally a dream a dream (sighs) dot com you had it all figured out I kind of did, but then I ended up getting married in an industrial <laughs> event space in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Similar, but different. Which and like, listen, I had a my the wedding was a stun, and like, it it truly is gorgeous. But I, as many people make the same joke, you're like for my second wedding, but like, if of course. And I don't have any reason to think there is a second wedding. But like, let's say we renew our vows when we're 90. I'll do it then at the Vermont Lake Champlain in Burlington. Oh, that'll be stunning. I think so. Look what God (laughs) has done. And at the same time, we all go in perfect harmony. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. That was good. I kind of want to copy Hannah a little bit. Like, thank you. The Botanic Garden, like, 
Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was like a library and a library garden, and garden, but it was mostly outdoors. The, I mean, it was like pretty much all outdoors. I don't know if it'll be outdoors, but that the sort of the that amount of flower decoration, oh, mm. gorgeous. And you don't have to pay for the flowers because they already have the flowers growing there. I cannot believe the amount of money people spend on flowers when they are planning. Like, like the thing is, what I. Not that this is a planning a wedding podcast, but like I honestly, whenever a friend of mine says that they're getting engaged or they're talking about wedding stuff, what was told to me that I really do appreciate is that you really need to prioritize what actually matters to you and try to make mm-hmm. that list, you know, like a pretty short list of what actual things you care about and then do not allow yourself to get all mixed up over things that you in the first place didn't really care about matt and i did not fully care about flowers we of course wanted it to look nice and be beautiful but like it Mm -hmm. was low stakes for that versus the music needed to be incredible the food were like we of course it was still like very difficult experience planning but i do think (laughs) it it still makes it better if you listen to that sort of advice you have to listen because otherwise you can get tricked you get tricked into thinking people are like well what about the flowers you need flowers on the tables and you're like no i don't really care about it and then people are like what about this little flowers and then they're like well you might like these other flowers and then suddenly you have a 700 i I don't actually know how much flowers are that was just sort of a (laughs) and then all of a sudden you have 60 bucks of flowers well i think it's a little more uh no it's insane it's insane yeah and we're on the same page i think we just care that like aesthetically it looks pretty and nice and cool and then like the food is great Mm. So, uh, Ben Yar, gorgeous gay wedding that you are going to be having. Do you, like, I know you're from Pittsburgh. Where is Nick's family from? Detroit. So, is that, maybe this is a tough question, but like, is, do we think all of our family and friends from Detroit and from Pittsburgh, are they all going to be so gung ho about this wedding between two men? Yes. We're very. We- love to see it (laughs) we're very lucky both of us are very lucky like our families and extended networks are there's there's no issue there's no conflict except for me (laughs) except for the famous homophobic i'll be picketing outside (laughs) yeah hannah will be leading a a chanting protest outside but okay send that to tmz but also everyone i'm kidding please (laughs) please don't please don't think this is real (laughs) Okay, um, now, based on the conversation about uh, homophobia, um, I'm thinking (laughs) of a musical. (laughs) And I'm thinking about all of us who were bullied by people that were maybe homophobic. I'm thinking about, from the vantage point of the bully, what are they singing? From the musical Little Mermaid, you have five seconds. (laughs) What? To to come, say all those words, and then finally say, from the musical Little Mermaid. (laughs) From the vantage point of the bully. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like poor unfortunate souls <laughs> sing it i said to sing poor it poor unfortunate souls it's sad <laughs> but true some might say in the legal in a legal court some people might say that that i was doing a leading question but i was trying i feel like i as they say in that uh, that horror movie i gave you all the clues mister i really feel like i did <laughs> It sort of ties back to that Christian theme from before, though. Like, and there you those go. are the ones who are saying, like, oh, those poor souls. Us. See, look at the layers here. This is, call me wow. Shrek. But, like, seriously, I, like, <laughs> poor unfortunate souls. Yes. 
I do want to say that Hannah Solo is the last possible homophobe on this earth because <laughs> of all of your allyship to the queers and to me personally. Do you find Thank that you. with your, I think, what is it, 3 million TikTok followers? Do you find <laughs> that you have a demographic of one type of person that gravitates towards Hannah Solo? Or do you find that it's like, oh, it's a lot of, of one thing, gays, I think statistically, if you were to look at the analytics, it would be like 75% women and the 25% of men are 100% gay. Oh, I see. I really love that. I think that there is a bond between women of a 20s, 30s, 40s age and gay men. And I think that it is a beautiful bond. I I, I don't know personally why it's so much of... (laughs) Like you notice when pe- like a lot of people that watch Bravo that talk about Bravo are women in their twenties, thirties, forties, and gay men. Gays. What can we di- can we dissect or diagnose why we think that is the correlation there? Like, what is it about it? Well, I don't know if you saw the Patrick Foley production about the Housewives. Fake friends. Fa- the- shout out to shout fake out to friends. fake friends. Misha Breslin. Um, I don't think I ended up being able to see it, which was devastating, but go on, go on. I heard it was amazing. It was amazing. But there was a lot pointed out about the housewives sort of being these modern day sort of Greek and Roman goddesses for gay men. And I don't know, sort of like us getting to live like the the exaggerated fantasy fantasy, uh, that we want for ourselves, like through them. Which is probably partly why... just drag in general, but also drag race is a huge part of especially queer people watching them live out their fantasy life, but also us wanting to have our own fantasy as well. I'm really thinking this through and there, I feel like I need to, to let my thoughts marinate, which is actually not great for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean about, about, do you mean about women and gays? Yeah, I'm really thinking about it and, and also women gays and then like sort of the exclusion of straights like why don't i connect necessarily with straight culture what what is the disconnect well do you mean specifically like straight male culture cis het straight male culture oh yeah it's god how do we unpack that i think part of it is like that is based in like like i'm just thinking like football i have no desire to watch football right so it's like why is that it's like aggressive what i like about the football is the entertainment aspect of it the food there's just maybe more joy is that is that horrible to say not at all i think it's like so it's like the least controversial thing to say that like like queer and queer adjacent people don't connect very well to a heterosexual male culture like straight male culture it's just like and, and like, hello, I wasn't getting bullied by my good friend Stacy. Do you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> right, it was right. Billy. It was Jack. It was like, you know, yeah, first of all, those are all made up names. So like, yeah, I think there's like, there's a lack of connection and also a surplus of contention. That was two words to start with a letter C. But like, it's, <laughs> it's like they... I think there was a pretty innate disrespect from a young age that a lot of it is society putting on a straight man that you're not allowed yes, to absolutely. show your emotions. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to do these things. And then that course comes out in aggression. And a lot of the aggression comes out towards the boys who are actually acting in the ways that they wish they could act like. But instead, they are abiding by the rules of society. Mm. 
mm-hmm. I think it does come down to emotion. It's like housewives, drag race, like people being vulnerable, people being able to show their truest yes. emotions. We can connect with that because we also relate to that. The phrase, the phrase masculinity is a prison doesn't come from nowhere. You know what I mean? Watching these figures of any gender, like explode their boundaries and different colors of themselves that other people don't allow, give themselves permission to could be, that's terrifying for someone in their like rigid little cell. Oh, totally. But I want to complicate it now by saying that another part of this uh, Below Deck series on Bravo, there's this chef named Matthew, and he is dealing with like the most intense anxiety. He quits two different times, and then like almost gets fired because of it, and then keeps coming back. But the reason I bring him up is because he actually shows his level of anxiety, which is the first time I saw like that real level of anxiety playing out on a television series of like a real like a real person doing this and my reaction was not like wow it's representation of anxiety i was like it's like almost triggering to me and i'm also Mm. like get a better get some coping mechanisms please like this would he was acting in a way that all of us in this room would be acting if we were not either in therapy or medicated or had ever talked about how to like figure out our problems with someone that gives good advice. Do you know what I mean? This guy is like raw dogging it. Whenever I watch The Bachelor, that's what I think because I think number one, they take advantage of people that have mental health issues or that they think are going to possibly have some sort of break that would be potentially entertaining in quotes. And those are the people that you're like, oh my God, if you were just Number one, if they let you just if they let you sleep on the show slash told you what time it was, <laughs> they then you wouldn't be sobbing in a bathroom, like locking the door as a twenty eight year old woman. Well, that's the thing about these shows is that you we love watching the people with the crazy, and so you every, every person on television needs to have an ounce of crazy. The mm-hmm. ounce of crazy, though, I think can be. Sometimes you like those videos when they're like how God made me and they're pouring different ingredients into a pot and like one <laughs> ingredient's like ADHD. Dumb bitch. <laughs> dumb bitch. I feel like a hundred percent dumb bitch. <laughs> it's just a vat of dumb bitch juice. But like <laughs> there I think some people that are on television, they only they only require an ounce of crazy and sometimes God she overpoured. And there, I mean, there are too many examples of that. Like, there's, I, I really don't often talk about Below Deck this often. But I just, you, you love, love Below, Deck. Below Deck. Is this podcast an ad for Below Deck? It's Below Deck with Eric. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, no, it's in this season, uh, there is a cast member named Lexi, which anyone who has seen this season immediately knows who I'm talking about. She is such good TV, but. How many ounces in a pound? 16. 16. 15. She has 15 ounces. It's just like, oh, it's like, close. and like, it goes like from zero to 15 ounces in uh, no time. And it's just riveting to watch. But I mean, on a personal level, I just may God have mercy on her soul. And you know what? Listen, if you caught me on a bad day, you might say the same thing about me. If you saw me crying to myself on Smith Street, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, Lord, is she trouble? That's what I was going to say. Hannah cries and locks herself in the bathroom. And she knows what time it is. (laughs) Wait, Hannah, when's the last time you cried on Smith Street or outside your home? Sometimes when I'm walking past the school and I see a child eating alone. Oh my God, I could cry thinking of it. 
I might cry right now. <laughs> Wait, but what? The kid's just sitting by himself? Like, you know, when you go past a po- playground and a bunch of kids are like playing a game and then like you look over and there's one kid just like kind of sitting off on the side by themselves, like maybe reading a book or just like looking at the rocks. <sighs> Same thing with when I see like a really old person eating alone, oh my which God. is projecting a lot onto them. I know maybe they're happy to be alone eating by themselves. Yeah, what if they're sometimes. introverts? I mean, no, I think for you, what would make you cry is the kid sitting outside. For me, if there's any sequence in a TV show where the person's eating lunch either at the table by themselves or they go to the bathroom stall and close the door and eat the sandwich on the toilet. Oh, that for me is. Did tough. you ever do that? I definitely. Oh God, I have not told this story to really anyone in a very long time. I was not like always alone at lunch or anything. I had lovely friends, and like speaking of this whole man, gay man and you know girl alliance, my girly friends in high school literally saved me, and I'm going to be seeing a lot of them this weekend actually for a wedding out of town. It's actually <gasps> so state. Yeah, it's it's so very timely that they're coming up because they really were like so such lifesavers to me but one time i was in a group of people hanging out after school and we were in this hangout area where it's like kind of like a circle of chairs you would say and i was <laughs> talking to a, one of my girly friends i'm sure who was sitting at one of the chairs and i was like on the floor right in front of her so my back was to a lot of the people hanging around right well i was guess in a type of position which is not the point of the story but it was clearly like doggy style i was like clearly on my knees like my hands like on the like you know like in praying position on the floor and uh, someone came up from behind me and pantsed me in front of all the people (gasps) hanging out in front of the entire area behind me and i Hannah and Ben was so mortified. And the reason why I was so, I can't, I really had never told people this part is that A, I was pants. That's mortifying to begin with. But B, I was also like in the throes of puberty. And I thought that like I probably had like some like hairs visible on my lower back or ass. And I was like, and I didn't think I had like a werewolf ass. But I was just like, I am, let's say, what, 16, 17 years old. And if this was seen by anyone, I'm not only going to get made fun of for like them seeing my butt, but then they're going to make fun of me for seeing that. So what I did was, is I ran and started crying. I went to a bathroom oh. and I stood and then I and then I her people came running for me and I stood on the toilet until they <gasps> until they left the bathroom. And I know that they know I was in there. Like, we're, I'm not a witch. I didn't disappear. The school's not that big. <laughs> and so they, I think they just got the picture that I didn't want to be bothered. And I mean, and these boys, I know, like probably felt bad, but obviously not a fun memory to, to think about. But also, like, it just goes to show you the the stakes of high school. Yeah. And look at you now, hairy <laughs> ass and proud as nobody's business oh i forgot to tell you actually this episode was sponsored by nair i'm kidding Uh, i did i think i did at one point try nair on my it might have been a leg or like a or something for a tester and i was like not not today this not today satan no i never got down for nair no 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 and we and nor should we um that's actually though going into childhood stuff it really begs the question for especially ben yar on this that's a gayest podcast we love to ask the famous question whose fault is it that you're gay ben who do we blame Uh, do you have an answer for me i mean the real answer isn't it? it's always your mom's fault but i think the thing that the story i love to tell what turned me gay 
is when I was five, I think I was in kindergarten and I was in the back of my friend's mom's car. And she, I don't know if it was with the radio or the, of his mom, like put on the song, but the song Be My Lover by LaBouche came mm. on. Wait, can you sing it? Be my lover. Won't you be my lover? Ah, yeah, hey. Just a club beat for days and like <laughs> something <laughs> awoke inside me and I was just like <laughs> Wait for the Patreon subscribers, can you give us like I want you to do an interpretive dance of what it looked like when that music came on and your gay started to unleash within your body and then it emanated from your pores. Because it starts with like la da da di da 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 Oh my god. La da 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 I'm just picturing your eyes rolling in the back of your head. Really yeah, you're was. definitely undulating. undulating. I mean, if you've ever seen Ben in a club, he's staring at himself in a mirror <laughs> doing that exact dance. At this age, in this day and age, or he's so eyes shut. immersed in it, <laughs> eyes are fully closed. Everyone around him, his eyes are fully closed. Couldn't we could all leave? He would not. Know. And you know what, Ben? He did that. <laughs> <laughs> the big guy upstairs. The big girl upstairs. She did that. I think we all were turned gay by the music that our moms listened to in the car. My first impulse is Gloria Stefan. Turn the beat around. Love to hear percussion. Well, Someone do the harmony. Turn it upside Side down. down. There we, thank you. Wait, what other kind of music did your parents, your moms listen to? Do you remember when you were a kid? Well, the first thing I ever listened to was Aretha Franklin. When I was mm. in preschool, my mom got me a cassette tape of Aretha Best of the 60s. Oh, shit. And then that was like the first CD I ever purchased in, I think, first grade. And then I, I think if I was, I mean, I was gay by then, but if I, let's pretend I wasn't. When Divas Live, was it 97, I want to say? Mm-hmm. The one that was Aretha and Celine and Shania and Mariah and oh. Gloria Stefan. And it was like, it was it was too much. <laughs> that sealed the deal. It's really universal, I think, those types. I mean, like, and also, like, even watching the Emmys last night, it really reminded me of... There's such like we always give celebrities shit for many times good reason, but there is just such a crazy otherworldly experience watching these types of famous people just exist around a table eating dinner, watching an award show. It's like, oh, the camera cut to and it's like Nicole Byer shrugging at the camera when she loses. (laughs) It's just like, I know that these are just people, but they they truly feel otherworldly to me. I've not even watched Ted Lasso yet, which I know is a big uh, problem, and I hear it's so good. But like, I feel like when the shows you have watched win, you feel like your family members are winning. Like when Hacks was winning all those, I was like, I just feel like I discovered <laughs> them, and it's like literally millions of people watch them. Well, I think I think I was having that reaction to all the Mayor of East Town wins. Oh, I loved Mayor. Big night for the Mare Bears, let me tell you. Wait, is that because of your connection to Pennsylvania or just because of the show? I think both a little bit. Because don't they have mm-hmm. a pretty Pittsburghy accent in this show? Yes. Kate Winslet gave some of the best acting I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it was so good. In my it life. Was, but wait, I have to ask you a question. Are you offended if I say that? And really keep in mind that I have a lot of family in Pittsburgh. Are you offended if I say that it is the ugliest accent there is? No. It, it, I'd say... I. 
I, it goes back and forth for me if I think it's Pittsburgh or, no offense, Boston. Oh, like what's uglier or what it sounds like on the show? What's uglier? <laughs> oh, interesting. I think Boston is more endearing. Pittsburgh to me is just like... <laughs> just- nails on a <laughs> i have cousins my cousins we i remember we all were like kind of coming of adult age in judaism at the same time and so our bar mitzvahs me and my twin brothers bar mitzvah was in october and then my cousin mark in pittsburgh was like the month prior and so at his bar mitzvah the month prior they kept saying all right you guys see you in october and i was like october <laughs> october all right guys see you in october october i think it's just so bad i mean the Maravie song was like a little bit Pittsburgh, a little bit Philly. It was like a little Ooh, bit yeah. of a marriage. Pitsy. Yeah. But I couldn't believe how much Kate Winslet truly nailed that. Ugh. Any other shows from last night you were watching or anything that was like, you either have hot takes from that were snubbed or that really deserved it. To like- be honest, I don't watch the crown. So a lot of that crown business, I was like, good for y'all. <laughs> but I don't watch it either, but I'm really shook that the actor playing Princess Diana, like the like she looks so good. Like in that little preview. She, she's amazing. Yeah. What she wore. She wore like a uh, it was like a swim cap. Cloth. <laughs> Wait, last night she wore that? Yeah. Yes, you need to look it up. On the red she carpet. looks like a, a like synchronized swimmer <sighs> cat. I literally thought superhero. I thought synchronized swimmer. That's exactly what I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. And here's the thing: she's incredibly stunning. Only a person who looks like a model could wear that. Imagine me wearing that; I would be laughed off of the carpet. They would lock me in my car. <laughs> you know like, what? Then come I on. challenge you on your first red carpet. <laughs> You're gonna wear that. Wait, same did outfit. you see what Anya? What's her name? Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy, Joy from from Queen's Gambit. Oh, she is incredible. She's- I also didn't watch that. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just said chess. What do I care? I don't even know how to play. That's the fatal flaw. (laughs) That's that's the thing. She's supposed to. Oh my god, you both gotta watch The Crown. Get out of here. Wait, you watch it, Ben? Okay, I watch The Crown. I mean, I love Olivia Coleman. I love Gillian Anderson. Like, I know I'm gonna enjoy it. It just feels like a project because there's so much that I have. There's a lot of scenes. It'll take a long time. Well, there are certain things. It's like. It's like I have to watch because that's what everyone's talking about, and I feel panicked. Yes. I mean, not that I wouldn't have watched it anyway, but that's why we watched The White Lotus, you know, so we could be right. like... Right, everyone was talking about it, so you're like, I guess I have to know. Yeah. Did you see Jennifer Coolidge last night where when she, she... What was she talking about in that clip where she was saying that she, when she does a show with um, Reese Witherspoon? They were talking about um, Legally Blonde 3. Oh, she's like, I hope we're both getting chased. I hope we're running really fast. <laughs> Yeah. For most of it. Wait, that's uh, Legally Blonde 3? It's ha- it's real. Did I know that? Oh my god. Remember Legally Blonde 2? Couldn't tell you a single... Was she the president? No. I just remember Sally Field was is in it. It was red, white, and blue? Blonde. Oh. <laughs> red, white, and blonde. <laughs> red, white, and blue. Was it brunette? <sighs> Wait, do I have to tell you? I know this is a little off sub, but, okay. you know, I've been such a fan of of course both of yours for so long but i remember just like really in the darkness of quarantine like matt and i would uh, take a hannah solo video and just like 
<laughs> quote and replay and inside joke to each other about it. And I think, gosh, um, I want to even think about right now, like what are the ones that we would like, we like to reference that really hit us hard. Like, I mean, someone's putting cowboy hats on pigeons <laughs> in Las Vegas. But then there's also, there was a song that you made up. That Matt and I would say, I'm almost going to want to bring him in here for this. I'm so curious to know what it was. Li- Please go through my Ooh. collection. <laughs> Ask him what he really thinks of her, like before he knows. Yeah, I'll, okay, okay. I'll close my ears and then you guys okay, can no, I'll tell, I'll tell him we're done recording. say what I'll you really think. <laughs> hey. Nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm all done. Um, Come here. <laughs> I wanted to ask, uh, Hannah was really fun, of course, but when we, <gasps> when we like I'm would scared. quote like a Hannah solo, like song or like, like one of our favorite things of Hannah's, do you remember what we would sing to each other and just talk in the microphone for no reason? <laughs> when I was a little ding, I don't know what's the, what's the, what? <laughs> I, I'm being put on the spot. Oh, I can't think of it. I love the voice though. The lyrics? There's there a song no, that I was singing with of the of the fake lyrics that are mine. <laughs> yeah, no, the the fake lyrics of uh, let's duet. Yeah, your turn. We were both young. <laughs> no, but there's another one too. No, that, I don't know. Oh, you're right. You're Matt's right. It was something. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It was something like politicky. It was like when it was I. I turned Trump's like thing into a song it was like could would you believe yes, that's it. <laughs> that that i will be impeaching today can you believe that i will be impeached today by the radical left do nothing democrat denied nothing wrong nothing wrong that is really funny that was a long time ago that was when I was really feeling very creative, and now my brain is goop. There's nothing inside. <laughs> well, I, I think that's very relatable, too. Why do you think there is a goopness right now? Is it just fatigue, exhaustion of it all? I think it's fatigue. It's exhaustion. I think I unfortunately spent a, fortunately or unfortunately spent a lot of the pandemic inside watching television. I didn't really cultivate a lot of hobbies. I wasn't like... I don't know, finding new interests. And I think part of being creative is like using your interests, your hobbies, what you see, what you're doing, people you're meeting to mine for material, Mm. for ideas. And like when I only see my husband, I can only comment on that or the fucking 15 hours of Love Island I watched. (laughs) Why is it that every single person who comes on this podcast talks about Love Island and I still just, I just, that's the same thing we were talking about before. I'm daunted by the amount of episodes. Yeah. And I know that there are certain seasons I should gravitate towards, but it really is. I, I'm a, I'm an all or nothing type of girl and I want to like start from the very beginning. You know, it's like, I want to honor them all, but I, I truly know it's not possible for Love Island. Well, it's on every night in the UK. So every season is 50 episodes. Yeah, that's it. See, that's tough. That's tough. I, I just don't understand. But I just put it on in the background. I mean, I'm no, it's amazing. It's incredible. That's the thing is I'm already so booked with Bravo, mm. The Circle, Nine Perfect Strangers. Like, give me like, oh. okay, so a strong character actress leading a, you know, dark comedy or dramedy. Then I have Bravo shows and then I have trash reality TV on top of Bravo. It's like, and I don't consider Bravo to be trash reality. I'm saying that, you know, as a separate subject. But like, I love Island is just, you know, I just need to bottom, do some, I, bottom of the list I need to you. give up on some dreams and rearrange some of my time because clearly I'm missing out. 
Are you considering Nicole Kidman a character actress? Or did you mean Melissa McCarthy? No, I definitely like I the old Eric would have been like, no, wait, of course she's not. But I'm sticking to my <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns here. The types of roles that this woman is playing right now are full on character actress. I mean, if are you watching nine, uh, nine identical? Wait, nine perfect strangers. I have not yet. It felt overwhelming. The wig, the accent, the amount of celebrities in it. And I was you like, asked me if she's a character out. actress, and you said you felt overwhelmed by the wig and the accent. <laughs> Case fucking and, and exact, clothes. The words someone is saying about me right now. <laughs> I was looking up. I was like just googling like beloved character actresses just to be prepared for this podcast. Sure. sure. And there was some like list of like the greatest character actors and actresses working today and they had some criteria of like what okay. makes someone able to be considered a character actor what's the source what's the source <clears throat> okay fine i'll fucking find it <laughs> no i don't actually i mean like listen you can you uh, i know that there are definitive ways that some of the, these people are character actresses i know and i don't necessarily agree but i do think we i think we should debate this okay. um this this is what was on vulture and they're and they're named after people that may have used to be used to have been considered a character actor, but probably can't be anymore. So there's the mm-hmm. Jenkins rule, which is if a person has been nominated for an Oscar, that person is no longer eligible to be called. <gasps> I have seen this list. Go on, go on. I, 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 there's the Dowd slash Martindale rule. Yes. Which is if a performer has won a lead or supporting actor emmy so they're saying Anne dowd is not a character actress they're any saying Anne dowd is no longer a character actress or Mara and Mara i say to this writer i love the zest for character actresses that you have i love the passion the passion and the intention behind this article as a host of this very podcast i reject you i rebuke <laughs> you I, I i just think we have to lead with our hearts here and and doubt is still to me a character actress okay. i mean and the thing is is that next year jennifer coolidge most likely will have an emmy award she will have an oscar for whatever the fuck it is as will molly shannon as will you know all these all these people that we have dutifully and passionately followed i don't care i I mean i mean listen you can egot for all i care and you to me are still a character actor i feel like that's like i kind of resent that this is implying that to be a character actor you have to sort of be like an underdog or like undiscovered or like unappreciated it's like no i don't that sort of like means that it sort of puts like a dark cloud yeah it means lesser and i i right i also reject that well, let's let's ask the question, Benyar. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. Who is it? Well, I don't want to be obvious. I don't like. I feel like every other person probably already said Jennifer Coolidge, and you know, oh, you know, no, it's such a good answer. But and it, I will. She's on the boat. I will, she's on the she's boat. On the when boat. So she's already on the boat. To, so I'm, I'm I'm because someone else already saved her. I know that. I think I would pick Andrea Martin. <gasps> oh wow that's really good really good i mean listen it was my sister and wait what else 
um, you don't need no meat. This definitely, and I and I oh say this God. as another celebration, Benyar, that there has been one other person on this podcast that said Andrea Martin, and uh, it's been a long time, and it is such a brilliant answer, and there are so many touchstones of Andrea Martinness. But I do want to say that Hannah Solo, I want to know your answer as well. If it is one of the two women we've already discussed, I still support you. If it's someone else, I support you. Hannah, if the world was ending, who would you save? <sighs> Listen, this is a hard question for me. Strategically, you know, do I save myself or <laughs> let the rest of the bitches die finally? Wait, here's the question. If you could kill one character actress first, who would you kill? Yeah, that's a better question for her. Honestly, there's really a list in my mind. I know the answer. Every agent, I know the answer. Yeah, every agent in college that was like, you, you're 21. Your type is Mary Testa. <laughs> You're 21. I, you know what? I think being a character actress does have a negative connotation. I don't even know if it's intentional, but maybe that's me being sensitive from college. All of our teachers being like, oh, you know, this person is going to do a romantic scene with, and they get to kiss one of the other boys, and you are going to play the 500 year old nun. Congratulations <laughs> to you. But wait, are you saying the negative connotation comes from the like the teachers of acting institutions, or from like from from who? I think yeah, teachers of acting, but also like society. Like the character actress oh. is unfuckable, right? Like the character actress is the friend who's not the romantic interest. And listen, is Anne Dowd going to be the star of a romantic comedy? No, no one's going to let her do that. Did y'all see the last season of The Handmaid's Tale? Oh my God, no. no I honestly there, felt overwhelmed. I understand, yeah. totally, totally understand. I was in a really like dark place and I like craved the 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 trauma for a minute. Yeah, it. but they showed like part of Anne's character's <gasps> backstory that like got a little sexy. And, you know what? Thank and God. And I was so into it. I was just like, did she get to do it though, or was it a no, young? No, it version was her. Of it was her, like <gasps> making out with a guy and like trying to put her hand down his pants. I was like, listen, listen. I I don't need to see like old people fucking every show I watch, but I do think that that is a very good point. That character actors you know supporting characters want to be fucked just as much as a lead and they deserve to get any hole plugged on camera that they wish and amen this is why i'm running for california governor of <laughs> i mean gosh these as expected incredible answers but i do want to put up another question for you before we finish this episode which is i didn't prep beyond purpose the question is what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Um, I want you to take a second to think. And now I want you to both say your answer at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You have your answers in your head. Yeah. That's so tough. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, I just thought of another one, too. Don't <laughs> overthink it. You Don't overthink it. This is torture to watch. Just don't overthink it. And you're going to answer at the same time. They can be the same or different. That's the fun. Here we go. You're answering what is the best Will Be Goldberg film in three, two, one, go. Sister Act. Act. <gasps> one or two? Two. two. Mm. Can I also give a shout out to Rat Race? Oh, oh yes. Such There's a good been movie. some rat racing in this. Yeah, that's a very good one. But wait, can now um as we are heading off because Sister Act 2 is my number one favorite of all time, um, are there any songs that jump out into your memory banks right now from that movie? Let me just go I just think of Lauren Hill. 
Yeah, absolutely. Joyful, joyful. Yeah. And also like Kathy and Jimmy. Mm. I mean, not to bring it back, not to bring it back to character actresses, but. (laughs) It's so good. And Kathy and Jimmy, let's say it together, deserves to get Get fucked. fucked. (laughs) She deserves to get fucked. She once helped my friend Danny after he got hit by a bike. Wait, how? She like, he like looked up and Kathy and Jimmy was like, are you okay? (laughs) That's like Angels in America, like the angel, like descending upon you. Like that's starring Kathy and Jimmy as the angel. Would Sarah Jessica Parker be considered a character actress in Hocus Pocus? Can you be considered? She wants to fuck. There's no, I, I, you know what? I'm usually just like everyone. No, there's a, she's not a character actress for me. I just, Carrie is not a character actress, right? No, not at all. No, 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 she's not. No, the character, but she was she was giving a performance in Hocus Pocus. She said, "I'm going to give you Absolutely. choices." It was like a clearly like not the lead role, yeah. bold mm-hmm. character. Which, but like talking about, like, I think I think I think Kim Cattrall in Sex and the City would be considered a character actress just because of like <laughs> her outlandishness. But I think Samantha's getting fucked just enough, <laughs> <laughs> just enough. And with that, we're going to end this episode. Um, other, I, I get bad at remembering to do this. Um, Hannah Solo, what do you want to plug? Where should people follow you? Oh, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Baby Magoo. That's B-A-B-Y-M-C-G-O-O. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, Hamster Talk. But, you know, find me on the internet. I'm everywhere. And what about you, Ben? Everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Right, Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Ben Yar. From all of us here at Gayest Podcast, we thank you, we love you, and we will follow you. End credits. What a birthday gift that was! Chatting with Hannah Solo and Ben Yar. If you don't follow both of them, go to the show notes to click. Uh, ben Yar on Twitter is a treat. Hannah Solo on TikTok is a dream, and you're definitely gonna want to support them. Uh, this was such a birthday treat to have them on this week. But if you want to help me celebrate even more. Write a five-star review and make it saucy and sexy. It is so amazingly helpful and the only way to spread the word and to keep on growing this dream of mine. And also, uh, keep on partying over at that Patreon. It is patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. I'm going to be interviewing some of my biggest guests coming up. And uh, this week, I'm going to be posting who those people are. And uh, if you want an opportunity to submit some questions for them, uh, you are able to do so. A little hint, one of those people did make a splash at the Emmys just a few days ago. So please support on the patreon review etc but overall i really am so grateful you're here have a great rest of your week it is now officially fall y'all and uh we'll be here next week with another amazing guest bye Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, 
a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. We are a part of that collection of two white men <laughs> doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Does it? It totally helps with the topic. We're talking, we're talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.